Rashi says, Rabbi Akiva tells us that this is a fundamental principle of the Torah and we have to wonder what was unclear in the simple understanding of that Pasuk that Rashi had to comment in the first place and why is it relevant for us to know that it's Rabbi Akiva who taught this? Which in turn will also lead us to compare Rabbi Akiva's statement about how central Avas Yisrael is to Judaism to Hillel's statement on the same theme. And while we're about it, let's ask a big question. How can you instruct a person how to feel. Quoting the Pasuk, that you should love your fellow Jew like yourself, Rashi quotes what Rabbi Akiva tells us, This is an overarching principle of the entire Torah. So, many of the commentators point out, as Rabbi Akiva will arise bringing the Groiskeit from the mitzvah, that what's the message Rabbi Akiva is teaching us? How big, how great this mitzvah is. That it is a principle which is relevant and central to the entire Torah, not just to issues that are specific to how you treat people. And that is very similar to the well-known response that Hillel gave to the prospective convert who wanted to learn the whole Torah in the zip file form. He told him, What is hateful to you, don't do to somebody else. That is the entire Torah, and the rest is commentary. So it sounds like they're saying the same thing, right? The question we have to ask ourselves is, the, per, the commentary of Rashi on the Torah is pshat, simple understanding. It's not a book of personal conduct. It's not a book that is dedicated to motivate us to fulfill mitzvahs in a better way or at all. Rashi himself spells out what the purpose of his commentary is. He says, I come for no other purpose but to explain the simple understanding. Now, the truth is that from Pirish Rashi Kenmen, it is possible to extract from Rashi, which means we have a responsibility to extrapolate from Rashi. You can actually come up with insights that are mind-blowing on every area of Torah. To the extent that Rashi even touches on the mystical, as we know from learning Rashi, specifically through the, the lens of the Rebbe's teachings. And Rashi even addresses things that relate to how we're supposed to conduct, conduct ourselves as Jewish people, and even on a daily basis. That's all true. But the first thing about every commentary in Rashi, and every word within every commentary, is that it is necessary to explain the simplest understanding of the Pasuk, and therefore we have a question about Pizeh, what in these words, are difficult to understand, which Rashi answers by telling us that Rabbi Akiva teaches that this is a foundational overarching principle of the whole Torah. So that's our key question. Rashi is focused on Pshat. Why do we need to explain what means? And then the secondary question, Why does Rashi have to tell us who said the statement that it was Rabbi Akiva? Rashi will only include the name of who taught the particular teaching if knowing who it is will help us to understand better what the person wants to teach us. So we'll have to work out what is it about Rabbi Akiva. We'll identify these two teachings of Rabbi Akiva that are relevant to help us understand the context over here. Now, there's an expression that it was a very good question, and yet there is a simple answer. And that's exactly what happens over here. Because, let's say you read this Pasuk just at the simplest level. Love your fellow Jews yourself. So you'll immediately, as the you immediately see that the love for another Jew has to be as your love for yourself. So you'll have an obvious question. If the Torah is telling me <coughs> an overarching principle to love every Jewish person, why do we need so many other specifics? Don't steal, don't be jealous, don't take a revenge. All the majority of the interactive, interpersonal relationship mitzvahs, who needs them? 
If you fulfill the overarching mitzvah to love your fellow Jew properly, but obviously you're not going to mistreat a Jew. So you won't have to be warned not to murder that Jew or steal from them or be jealous of them. To the contrary, if you love a person like you love yourself, your entire focus will be how can I do more good for that person? And if you love the person like yourself, you'll want to do as good for them as for yourself. That's the question in this passage. Ah, it's such a true, but after that, so who needs all the other details? Therefore, Rashi answers straight away and he says, yes, you have to understand, is an overarching principle of the entire Torah. Which means simply, is a general principle, and like any other general principle, it incorporates many, many details. In order to facilitate the overall klal, you need to fulfill all of the specific mitzvahs. And that, uh, that would be these mitzvahs that we've just, that we've just mentioned. And that's why the Torah does speak about the specifics, about not to take revenge and not to steal, etc. That's actually quite common. Very often the Torah will give us the overall mitzvah and then it will drill down into the details and it will include even details that are self-explanatory. So that's what Rashi is telling us over here. Avas Yisrael is a klal, and a klal has many details. In other words, you want to know how to fulfill the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael? Here's the list. You'll have a simple contextual question. Really? You say the klal here and the pratim all over the place? You'll say, when does this work? When there's a logical link. First you give me the overall mitzvah, and then you follow immediately with the details. That makes sense. I can see those are the details of that mitzvah. But here you've got a mitzvah to love your fellow Jew, and then the details are scattered all over the Torah. So how is it then logical to say, you see all of those details, all of those details belong to this mitzvah, which is listed in a completely different place. So Rashi tackles that question before you could even ask it, by telling us, as does is not stomach he says, not only is Abbas Yisrael a klal like any other generalized overarching mitzvah in Torah, nor a klal gadol ba Torah. It is a great principle, and it's a principle of the whole of Torah. In other words, dos was pratim shteim besmichus from klal is no bastama klal. Normally, when you're talking about an ordinary klal uprat, you have to have the klal general rule followed close by by all of the details, so you'll know how to do the general rule. But because we're not talking about an ordinary general rule over here, we're talking about an overarching principle of Judaism. Because it's such a big klal, it has so many details. In fact, some of the subcategories of are themselves generalized mitzvahs. Let's say, for example, like tzedakah. And it is a principle that reaches right across the whole of Torah. So it's not required that the Klalim and Pratim should be right next to each other. When you're talking about such a broad topic that impacts so many areas of Torah, it would actually be impractical to imagine that the full list of all the details will follow on immediately after the introduction of the Klal. So Rashi has addressed both of our questions. What is problematic in this Pasuk? Well, if you love your fellow Jew, why do you need the details? Because it's a klal. And why is it a klal that is not tethered to all of its pratim? Because it's klal gadol ba It overarches the whole Torah. But there's a big psychological question to ask. Similar to a very well-known question that is asked elsewhere. How can you be instructed how to feel? We have absolute control over our actions. But not everybody has self-control to the extent that they could concoct a feeling 
in a particular context because it is required. Amida in hearts and something you feel in your heart. So how could the Torah expect of us that every single Jew will feel in their heart love for every single Jew? Everyone. Because at the end of the day, when it says, the implication is every single Jewish person, right across the board. Consider this. The Gemara tells us that when it comes to execution, that means somebody's done a terrible Avera, there we apply the principle to teach us that you should choose a dignified way of killing the person. In other words, the mitzvah applies even to the worst sinners. How can the Torah tell me that I have to love every single person, even the rogues of the Jewish community, and love them like myself? How is it possible, as the Mephoshim asked, how is it possible to love somebody like yourself? It's a huge question. The Ramban verbalizes the question very clearly by saying, It is not part of the nature of the human heart to love somebody like you love yourself. First question. Second question, which is more of a technical question. Not too far before this, in the same parasha, is Rashi Meforish has called any particular challenge of Judaism that has to do with feelings, will always have the expression that you should be fearful of God. In other words, Hashem knows what's going on inside your heart, so therefore you're answerable to Hashem directly, and that's what will keep you behaving the correct way, because nobody else will know how you feel. And Rashi actually repeats this interpretation a few times. So if he says, that raises another question, which is really surprising. Here we have an instruction to love your fellow Jew like yourself. First of all, the experience of love is an internal heart emotive experience. The fact that the extent of the love for another person should be like the love for oneself. That's for sure very personal and internal. How come the Torah doesn't save you? Like it does for all these other mitzvahs that are emotion-based or attitude-based mitzvahs where it's the inner workings of your own person. There we save you. Why not over here? So to answer that, So Rashi answers this by firstly telling us is a general principle that includes, as mentioned, many, many details. And he further clarifies the answers to these questions by telling us who said this particular statement, Rabbi Akiva. So how does that help us? So there's two points. Firstly, knowing that Avas Yisrael is a cloud that includes Pratim answers our question. And knowing that Rabbi Akiva who taught it also answers our question. Aleph, seeing as we've defined that is a generalized, overarching principle of Judaism. When you have a general mitzvah that has many details, then you can understand that in order to fulfill the General mitzvah, you have to fulfill the details. And let's go to what's in the immediate context, what was discussed in the Torah just before this Pasuk. Don't spread gossip. Don't hate another Jew. Don't take revenge. And prior to that, a whole lot of others don't steal, don't lie, etc. So that clarifies for us what it means to love your fellow like yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean to have the same emotional <coughs> connection to another person as you have to yourself. But in Yonim, it means those things that can be instructed, those behaviors that can be moderated, those behaviors you should do towards somebody else as you would do towards yourself. In other words, is 
In other words, there's an overarching mitzvah to love your fellow Jew as yourself. What does to love your fellow Jew as yourself mean? To make sure that this whole list of activities which control behavior between you and another person, that you do them properly. And where in those activities some of them are more internal and is appropriate, the Torah will point it out. But your big question, how is it possible to love somebody like yourself? It's not what the Torah is demanding. It's treat somebody like you would want to be treated. Number two, to clarify further, very famous Gemara where it says what happens if you have to toss up the possibility of saving your own life or saving somebody else's life. Rabbi Akiva teaches us the cardinal principle that one's own life takes precedence. So if Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that your own life takes precedence, then when he says that you're supposed to love somebody else like yourself, is not going like mamash. It doesn't mean it's identical to yourself, because there will be situations and scenarios where halacha, according to Rabbi Akiva, and, and nobody really debates this much, is that the halacha requires you, you, you actually give yourself precedence. And that's why it's would be like where you're saying it's not identical. You don't love the person exactly like yourself, similar to yourself. In a certain respect, the way you treat that person, in a certain respect, should be like you treat yourself. So what is the Kamoicha? What is the definition of, then of Kamoicha? We're talking over here the simplest understanding of the Torah. The simplest understanding of the Torah is that you don't have the same emotional bond with the next person that you have with yourself, but you have a treatment and behavior towards the next person which should be exactly as you would expect for yourself. And therefore, this concept that is not identical is born out in Rashi's interpretation of Pshat much earlier on in Pashas Vayigash, where Yehuda says to Yosef, You are like Para. What does it mean you like Para? Rashi says, In one area, you're like Para. Just like Para is the king, I see you as royalty. doesn't mean everything about you is identical. In one area, you're like Para. Nidas Yosef is punct v paroi. Yehuda wasn't suggesting that Yosef equals paroi. He was talking specifically in terms of his status and relative to Yehuda. Maybe there were other people in the community who saw him differently. So let's put it into a similar context to our conversation. With regards to other people that are ordinary Egyptians, is Yosef punct v paroi. To an Egyptian, Yosef and paroi are pretty much the same. Because he had the power that nobody could make a move without his authority. So he's like the king to them. So if you're comparing Yosef and Paray compared to the rest of the Egyptian nation, they're identical. But if you're comparing Yosef to Paray himself, Paray makes it absolutely clear that the throne is reserved for himself and Yosef has no rights to the throne. In other words, Komoicha does not have to mean identical. It means the same in a specific sense. And that would be the pshat of Komoicha in our context, specifically through Rabbi Akiva's lens. Any scenario where caring and loving somebody else is not going to undermine a person's own life, what literally keeps a person alive, is in all of those areas, treat somebody else like you treat yourself. You would treat and do for another person as you would do for yourself. Make sure that you don't steal from them, make sure you don't hate them, make sure you give them stocker, etc. But should there ever be a conflict of interest between one's own life and somebody else's life? Like the famous example that's quoted there in the Gemara. There were two people walking on the way or in the desert of Yad Echon Medkit and Shalmayim. And one of them has water. And if they both share the water, they both die. The person is allowed to keep the water for themselves. So Komoicha is not as radical in the Pshat as we would have thought, that you're supposed to have this love, emotional love for somebody else, exactly as you have for yourself. What does it mean? Any time that it's not at the expense of your own life, treat them as you would treat yourself. This is not yet 100% clear because it's true, as Rebbe Kiva says, one's own life takes precedence. 
But whenever you're not dealing with one of those extreme cases, one person's life or the others, which is most of the time, is it then really still possible that you could actually love somebody like you love yourself? Beyond that, and if the, if we expect that you're going to love somebody like yourself, which is already mind blowing, is it fair to expect that that will extend to every single person? Even to the sinner, so to speak. Even when the Torah tells us that this person deserves to be punished, we should still love them. So the answer to that is a brilliant insight from Rebbe Akiva in Pirkei Avos about how we're supposed to look at a Jewish person. And this will launch a conversation to compare Rebbe Akiva's opinion and to look at Hillel's opinion and understand really what Avas Yisrael is. So what does Rabbi Akiva say in Pirkei Avos? What's beloved about the Jewish people is that Abishal calls us his children. Which implies, therefore, that we, as we relate to all other Jews, it's like a family. They're our brethren. When you look at your fellow Jew through that lens, my brother, my sister, obviously you can understand how you'll have that kind of love for them. When a person sets their mind to it and contemplates on their feeling and therefore allows themselves to feel as that sveter is seiner a bruder, that the other person is your brother. It's only natural that you'll feel love. When you focus on this, when you allow yourself to, to, to uh, meditate on this principle, Baba will have absolute love for every person, no matter who they are, no matter what they have done. On the far end, the other side, so yeah, there is. That's why it's possible that love could be extended to every single Jewish person, in regardless of their status. Because every Jew is always Hashem's child, regardless of their behavior. As Rebbe Kiva said when he was confronted by the wicked Tenus Rufus, as I feel of an Eden Zayin in a matzav as a Kodesh Baruch Hu is via Melech Shekoas Al Benoi, that even when the Jews are in a situation as was at that time in history where it feels as if we are the children of a king who has become angered at his son is Anan Kruim Bonim. We're still called the son. We're still called children. And that's the attitude that we're supposed to have. So in practical terms, how do you do after the Echokomoycha? With a whole list of things that we have to follow in terms of our behavior. But beyond that, we're supposed to work on ourselves, as Rabbi Akiva indicates, to reach a point where we recognize the brotherhood between all Jewish people and therefore we actually do love them. And there's another reason that, or another value to the point that, Rabbi, that Rashi quotes that it's Rabbi Akiva, and this is aimed at the brilliant student. Because the Talmud Mumuloch Kendoch Fregim. The brilliant student will ask, If it's true that to love your fellow Jew is this overarching fundamental principle of the whole of Judaism, Why do we only hear about it now in Parshas Kedoshim? Why do we hear it so long after the Torah was given and so long after the Mishkan was established? Now's the time to tell us. If it's Klal Godel by Torah, it should have been in Parshas Yisroi or Mishpatim. But we know that Rabbi Akiva has a view on this, which is, of course it was said at Harsinai. From Rabbi Akiva's perspective, that is a non-starter question. Because Rabbi Akiva teaches us that every general principle of Judaism and every specific nuance of Judaism was all presented at Harasinai. And when we read about a specific mitzvah in a later parasha, that's when the mitzvah was retold to the Jewish people as a review later on through Moshe teaching in the oil Moshe. So it's pretty clear then that the mitzvah of after the was presented at Har Sinai and it's not a delayed mitzvah, it's critical and central to the whole of Judaism.
So now that we're having this conversation about how important Avas Yisrael is, and we've contextualized the Pshat, let's go beyond the Pshat and understand what is the driver and motivator for Avas Yisrael. How should we look at another person? How deep should the love go? And how integral is it to Torah? And we'll see here that there are two views, Rabbi Akiva and Hila. This is the deeper message of Rashi. As we've already noted, there are two expressions with regards to how important and central Avas Yisrael is. The one that we're focused on over here, where Rabbi Akiva says it is an overarching principle of the whole of Torah. And then some generations earlier, Hillel's famous statement, that Avas Yisrael is the entire Torah, and everything else is commentary. Okay, so you have a massive principle, foundational principle in Torah versus the whole Torah. So the Chiruk Tzvishin Ditzvei Mamorim is Kipasha Salosh, and you can already, just looking at the language, see the distinction between these two views. Zeh Klal Godabat Torah meint, Azavas Yisrael is a Klal in Torah, Einer Fun Klal Torah. Rabbi Akiva's perspective that it's a foundational overarching principle of Torah implies that it is one of many principles in Torah. Yes, of course, it's a very foundational, important Torah. But it is only one of those principles within the Torah. Listen to the language. He says it is a principle within Torah, not the principle of the Torah. By contrast, Hillel says, this is Judaism. This is Torah. Everything else is merely detail. It's a very different attitude and perspective to what Rabbi Kiva shares with us. So the first thing that we'll note is why Rashi specifically references Rabbi Akiva and not Hillel. Because we're talking about the pshat, valim pshut shel inyan, because the simplest understanding of the Pasuk in Avas is Avas Yisrael nitkala teirakula. The simplest understanding of the Pasuk is that Avas Yisrael can't be the whole Torah. It is the overarching principle of a massive segment of Torah, how to treat another person. But there's another segment of Torah, how you behave towards Hashem. Which, by the way, Look at what Rashi says when he comments on this in the Gemara, speaking about Hillel. When Rashi comments in the Gemara, where Rashi also takes the attitude of explaining the simplest understanding, except there it's not the simplest understanding of Psukim, it's the simplest understanding of the words of the Gemara. When he comments what Hillel said, when he says, what is hateful to you, don't do to somebody else. That's the whole Torah. Says Rashi, He doesn't interpret it at all as Abbas Yisrael. Your friend in <coughs> Hillel's reference is your ultimate friend with a capital letter, the highest friend that exists, Hashem himself, al Savar al that what Hillel was saying is, don't go against what Hashem says. Which according to Pshat would, of course, be the entire Torah. Don't go contrary to what Hashem wants. Because according to Pshat, it's far-fetched to suggest that Avas Yisrael is the entire Torah. And then Rashi brings a second opinion. The first thing to note is that it's the secondary opinion that Rashi offers. Actually means your human friend. So that uh, that commentary says doesn't mean the whole Torah. It's the majority of mitzvahs, those that relate to how you treat people. So therefore, coming back to our commentary on Pshat of the Pasuk, Hillel would be beyond the Pshat to suggest that Abbas Yisrael is the whole Torah. So Rashi instead quotes Rabbi Akiva. Now the big question we have to tackle is, you have two opinions over here. Two opinions about a foundational principle in Judaism. Are they at loggerheads? Because that wouldn't seem to make sense. Two views about what Judaism is all about. 
Seeing as we know fundamentally that when there are two opinions in Torah, they are both true. We have to say that both the way Rabbi Akiva and Hillel say it is true. So we have to understand how that's possible, at least, if not according to Pshat, then at least according to Chassidus. This is not We'll start off asking this question. Considering, as Hillel says, that Avas Yisrael is the entire Torah, why do we need Rabbi Akiva's statement? Both statements are valid, right? So that means Hillel's statement is valid that Abbas Yisrael is the entire Torah. Okay, so we now have the information we need. Abbas Yisrael is the entire Torah. What could Rabbi Akiva possibly add by saying not only is it the entire Torah, it's also a basic principle of Judaism. Well, you know, you've already given me the larger perspective. Who needs the detail? Especially considering that Hillel lived long before Rabbi Akiva, made his statement long before Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was definitely aware of it, so what did Rabbi Akiva look to add? So, if I'm going to the Maimer from Hillel to understand this, we'll look at Hillel's statement right in the beginning of Perkei Oves. That we should all be students of Aaron, people who pursue, who love and pursue peace. Love all people, even the lowest of people, and draw them close to the Torah. There's a very obvious question over here. What's the continuum over here? You're talking about love. You're talking about peace. You're talking about loving people. And then suddenly you're saying, bring them close to Torah. What's the one got to do with the other? That's a different principle. There's a principle to love every person. And then there's a principle to bring them close to Torah. And surely the love should be unconditional. So why is it? And bring them close to Torah. Surely Avas Yisrael should prompt us to look for the next person's well-being in every respect, not only the spiritual, and as we famously know from the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov went out and did good things for people without expecting any spiritual returns. So why does Hillel say, You probably are already thinking about the well-known explanation as the Midbar Vont, the Mishnah, that what the Mishnah wants to illustrate, and it's a very important principle, is that we should not compromise Torah to bring it to the people. Because we love the people so much. The Oyevus Abrias Dav Zainan and Oifen from Makarav Zain Zay Adibrias Sutayron Itehevichas Vesholem. The nature of our love for the fellow Jew should be that we love them and therefore bring them close to the Torah and not Chas Vesholem diminish the Torah's value to try and create access for them. We should definitely avoid trying to tailor make the Torah to suit people's attitudes and beliefs and, and, and their sensitivities. So we know that, but that's not going to be the explanation we'll, we'll focus on over here. Because of the physical days, that explanation implies as that sounds like Oyevesabrios is the primary message, love every Jew. And he has a caveat, make sure when you love every Jew that you don't do it in an inappropriate way. But it's not really part of the message. But when you read that Mishnah simply, it implies as the It sounds like it flows. Love all Jews, love all people, and bring them close to Torah. Not love all people and be sure not to mess up when you engage them. Love them and bring that's part of the process. Bring them close to Torah. In other words, the Avatsabris Brenton Dictachois in Demvaser Zemikarov Tsu Torah. Hillel is illustrating that how does a person practice Avas Israel by reaching out and bringing somebody close to Torah? That is Avas Israel. As the Altarepa says in Tanya Lamed Beis. But the Altarebbe brings out the Maimah Heve Mitalmid of Shalar and Ev Shalom Bechula Ev Sabrism Makarim Latera, where the Altarebbe quotes this Mishnah and he says on Taishasop, Loimar, what is the Mishnah telling us? That even if there are, God forbid, Jews who are distant from Torah and from service of Hashem, 
We have a requirement to draw them in with incredible bonds of love. And will be successful. And will be able to bring them to Torah and to serve Hashem. In other words, the Alter Rebbe is making it clear that what is the goal and the objective of using these bonds of love to draw them close is the covenant of Hashem to bring them to serve Hashem. It's not as as just says, but if you don't manage to bring them closer to Torah, okay, you haven't lost the mitzvah of Abbas Yisrael. But what is the goal and objective of Abbas Yisrael, both in the Mishnah and as clearly expressed by the Alter Rebbe, to bring somebody close to Torah? So the kash is not starker with the Alter Rebbe is mavoy dot freedom perek diminim from Abbas Yisrael. Now this question about so 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 what are we saying now? Are we saying that the whole purpose of, of Abbas Yisrael is to draw people closer to Torah? Isn't Abbas Yisrael supposed to be unconditional? So that question is even stronger when you look at what the Alter Rebbe says earlier in the Perek. The Alter Rebbe started Perek Lamed Beis by telling us, why do you love your fellow Jew? Because you focus on the Neshama and not the externalities. And the Neshama is part of Hashem. Every Jew is beautiful and suitable. And every Jew has one father. Which is why we are all called brothers, as the Alter Rebbe describes over there. That's why we have to love every single Jew from the highest to the lowest, from the greatest to the simplest. To the extent that the Magid of Mezrich says, that you have to love the most rogue Jew as you love the holiest or the most righteous Jew. All Jews are holy. So it doesn't seem to add up. Seeing as love of a Jew is supposed to be completely unconditional and independent of their spiritual status. Because it is an essence love that comes from the depth of your soul to connect to their soul. Why would it have anything to do with whether or not you bring them close to Torah? That sounds conditional. How could it be? So the beer in them, the answer to that is that there are two perspectives we have to know about how to love a fellow Jew. Sedor was Chazal Zogen. We know the Medrash tells us as Machshavnu Sheisol Kadma Luchol Dover that the concept of having a Jewish people precedes every other element of existence, including the most spiritual of them all. Oich legabei Torah, the Jewish people precede the Torah as a concept, as a motivation for the for the Hashem's purpose in the world. We precede the Torah. As Yisrael Zayin Freer Hechav Torah. So, in other words, Jews are greater than Torah. We need to know this. And yet, what does the Zayar say? As that the Jewish people connect or bind themselves to the Torah, and the Torah binds them to Hashem. That implies that Torah is higher than us because Torah lifts us to connect to Hashem. So, which one is it? Are we higher than Torah, or is Torah higher than us? When we talk about the fact that the Jewish people are beyond the Torah, we're talking at that point how our neshamas appear and exist at their root source. But the way we live here with a neshama living inside a human body, in our reality, the Torah is actually at a higher spiritual and more divine level than we are. And therefore, so in our human experience, how do we connect to Hashem via Torah? Now we can understand and appreciate that there are two extremes to the reality of a Jewish person. When we look from the perspective of who we are at our root source, and a Shama is one with Hashem, and beyond the Torah, from that perspective, it doesn't matter how many things a Jew may have done contrary to what Hashem wants. A Jew is a Jew is a Jew. No matter how many Averis a person has transgressed, the Jew can never not be a Jew. 
Because the connection of the essence of our soul to Hashem is not a factor of how much Torah we've learned or how many mitzvahs we have do, done. It is an absolute. The connection of the essence of our neshama to Hashem is an absolute, non-negotiable, it cannot be eroded. But that's not something that occurs just in a theoretical vacuum. It has a practical application. As a result of that, as the Altarebbe says in Tanya, it is a guarantee that every Jew eventually does trip. Because of who we are, because in essence we're one with Hashem, naturally we have to come back to Torah Mitzvahs. Because in our human experience, the only means by which we can obviously connect Hashem is via Torah. Therefore, it's impossible that the greatness of saying I'm one with Hashem should remain an abstract theoretical concept and has to manifest. And in order to manifest, it has to be Torah. So the Neshama will eventually, absolutely come to fulfill Torah Mitzvah. And when that occurs, at that point, a person becomes aware or reveals the fact that the Neshama is actually higher than the Torah. So in its pristine form, the Jewish soul is absolute. It's perfect. It's connected to Hashem. No issues whatsoever. But in our world, that has to turn into something. It has to translate into something. It has to express itself somehow. And the only way is through Torah, which in turn illustrates the greatness of the Neshama. Once we understand the two perspectives on what a Jew is, we can understand why there are two perspectives on how you love a Jew. The the essence of the love between one person and the next one, Jew and the next. Why do we have this love in its essence? Because we all come from the same source. We all share one heavenly father. And then if I look from that perspective, we didn't sign in a hecher from Torah. At that level, we are all beyond the Torah. So that means we are beyond the requirements of a specific set of protocols from the Torah in order to be able to connect to each other. On the river is the Avat and from that perspective, we love every single Jew equally. Even the Jew who is way distant from a connection to Hashem and Torah mitzvahs. Because when I look from the perspective of the essence of the Neshama, the practice of the Jew is irrelevant. The knowledge of the Jew is irrelevant. And so we love every Jew equally. And from that perspective, we don't only love a person in the context of what we could do for them spiritually, but we look to provide for the Jew everything that the person needs, even Gashmis, because it's not just ordinary Gashmis, it's the physical needs of a Jewish person, and we connect with that Jewish person at the essence of our soul, so we provide for the Gashmis. That's looking at things from the most pristine factor, and that's how we should start our journey. Go out and help another Jew, without discrimination. But because we've also acknowledged that in the real life experience of a Jewish person in this world, in order to really connect to Hashem, there has to be a Torah element. So because every mode of contact between us and Hashem happens via Torah. So therefore the mode of contact for the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael has to be a mitzvah which is mandated by Torah in a specific way. In addition to the fact that we love the fellow Jew because we share the same soul, because we are all brothers, in addition to that we love the fellow Jew because the Torah wants us to. Ah, when the Torah tells us how to love a fellow Jew, then the Torah is going to give us a list of how we go about doing it. Don't steal, don't speak Lashon Hora, give tzedakah. 
And when we look at it from that perspective, we have to remember that we cannot compromise the Torah in order to gain access to the Jewish person. The Jew needs the Torah to connect. Why would you weaken the Torah if the Jew needs the, the Torah in order to connect? If you really love this Jewish person, you'll bring them more Torah, not less Torah. And even to the extent that there's some extreme cases where the Torah tells us the way to treat this particular Jewish person, you have to hate them. And as the, 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 the Alter Rebbe says very clearly, you don't hate them, you hate them on one hand because of their behavior, love them because of who they are. That's Hillel's emphasis. Similar to what Dr. Rebbe also hints at in Tanya, or doesn't hint at, emphasizes in Tanya. That when we talk about love towards those Jews who are so distant from anything meaningful in connection to Hashem, our attitude towards those Jews must be include an approach to bring them close to Torah. Even though you're talking Hillel over here, Hillel says that love of a fellow Jew, that's the whole Torah, this is everything, it's beyond Torah, comes from the essence of who you are. The Alter Rebbe says it in the beginning of Tanya, it's because we all share a father. That's what counts that they're Jewish. And we have to love a Jew and help the Jew in every respect. Even if we don't get anywhere in terms of spiritual development, just simply to help a Jew, we have to do that. And that's exactly how we would look at ourselves. We look at ourselves and say, fundamentally, at my core and my essence, I'm a Jew. A Jew is a Jew is a Jew. I have a connection to Hashem which is completely beyond Torah. That's the truth. So what do I do in practice? Can you blame Obgesundin for Torah mitzvahs? I can't live with that theoretical abstract without actually doing Torah mitzvahs. I can't do that for myself. It's the recognition of the fact that my essence is one with Hashem which actually motivates me to fulfill Torah mitzvahs. That's how I treat myself. It's identical. That's how we have to treat and deal with and love those Jews who are distant. Because of the principle of because we all share the same essence connection to Hashem, even that Jew who does absolutely nothing. Therefore, just as I wouldn't be satisfied in my own life, just to say, okay, great, I have a connection to Hashem, there it begins and ends, but I motivate myself to do Torah mitzvahs, same with the next person. If a person loves their fellow Jew because of the etzim of their neshama, therefore that person will motivate and drive that individual to come as close to Torah as possible, to become a Torah yid. As we've already mentioned, in order in our world, in our reality, for the essence of the neshama to express itself, it needs the means of Torah. That would imply that if that individual remains disconnected and distant from Torah, then there cannot be the true union between that Jew and the rest of the Jewish people. Because what is the true union? Because of our neshama. That's why we're all connected. That's why we're all brothers. How do you see the essence of your neshama? Through Torah mitzvahs. If I leave that person out and that person never comes into the experience of Torah mitzvahs, then they're not part of expressing the essence of the neshama connection to Hashem. I don't see that we're truly brothers because of the essence of our neshama. Because where should the essence of this neshama play, play out except in some theoretical abstract concept? Specifically when we draw a Jew close to Torah. We link the Jew to Torah and via Torah to Hashem. That helps us to illustrate and share the essence of that Jewish person, the part of the Neshama that is beyond Torah.
that will help us to understand why Hillel and Rabbi Akiva give two different perspectives on Abbas Yisrael in their two different statements. Rabbi Akiva read Vegan Klal from Abbas Yisrael, Vimen Muz Unmiz Dos Mekayim Befoil Mitatsveitin Inden, Iden Binyonavir is in Hashem Beguf Gashmi. Rabbi Akiva is talking about what Abbas Yisrael translates into practically how you deal with the other person. What Torah maps out as the rules, the protim of Abbas Yisrael. Don't steal, don't speak Lashon Horror, don't take revenge, give him tzedakah, invite guests, etc. Is the Ribbon it Shaykh Sazong about Demas Dos is called a Torah Kula? When you're looking from the perspective of the details within Torah, you can't call that the entire Torah. Because if you're going to say this is the whole Torah, then you're effectively saying prioritize the Jew over the Torah and you could compromise the Torah. And that would be similar to the concept of Pikuach Nefesh. It's such a big issue that it overrides the Torah. So you think Abbas Yisrael is such a big issue, it might override the Torah. No, he doesn't say that. It's a klal. So it's not a klal godel ba Torah. It's one of the key foundational principles of Torah. A klal in Torah, governed by Torah. That has to be performed and has to be executed according to the mandate of Torah. That's Rabbi Akiva's message. To connect to a Jewish person via the Torah, there are very clear rules and we have to follow them. Hillel talks about Avas Yisrael as it plays out in the human experience. But when you look from the perspective of how a Jewish soul is in its origin, in its pristine form, prior to higher than the Torah, from that perspective, Hillel says, the whole Torah is there for the Jewish people. That's why there is a Torah. To bring to the fore the greatness of the Jewish person. Because the greatness of the Jewish people, which, as the Alter Rebbe says, how do we see the oneness of our soul by the fact that we're all brothers? Where does that play out, specifically in the mitzvah of Abbas Yisrael? So therefore says Hillel, That's the whole Torah. Everything else is detail. This is the whole purpose of Torah, to serve as the Jewish people. And so both perspectives are true, both are valid. And when we approach another Jewish person, we have to have both in mind. From the Shoresh of the Neshama, everyone is absolutely beautiful and perfect and deserves our complete attention and love. And how do we express that love best? By engaging them with Torah. Because that will help them to expose their own neshama and therefore expose our absolute unity.